beautiful dream. Stopping the wheel. You're not the first person who's ever dreamt it. I'm not going to stop the wheel. I'm going to break the wheel. Welcome to a brand new edition of Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. We're hanging out here on this late Saturday night doing the Nerd Thug Radio thing. And as always, I am Corey DLG. And with me as usual, little brother Nico. That is I. We're uh, we're just doing our thing, hanging out. We got a giant interview with a guy who I think is going to be a big deal. I, listen, I already have a lot of respect for this guy. I love, I love his work. Uh, but I think... 10 years from now, it's going to be cool that we were one of the first people to have him on. This is our second time talking to him. Uh, great guy by the name of Mike Tenner. Mike Tenner. Very cool. All of, I love all his pitches and stuff. That we'll get. You'll definitely get a great earful of all his cool books he's got in the works. Yeah, so basically, uh, before I kickstarted my first project, I was kind of keeping an eye on Kickstarter. And he kickstarted Black Jackets, and I fell in love with it right away. It was a great project. And so I've kind of just been following his career. I feel like we run parallel to our, to each other, although he is a much more prolific creator than I am at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, I guess that's not true. We're both in the middle of two miniseries, and we have other stuff working. So I guess we're pretty even, but I, I think he's ahead of me a little bit. But he does great work. Uh, I want to make sure you guys listen to him appreciate it and then check out his stuff every time it's up we'll have it up on the facebook before we get into all that though nico real quick why don't you tell everybody about our friends the adventure begins comics games and more oh yes the adventure begins comics games and more our our very own little little slice slice of heaven i want to say but like it's just really a fantastic story right here off of 1488 here in the houston i guess conroe area and they are doing different box openings and breaks of different things all the time. They're also always doing contests so that you can win variant covers. So make sure you're checking out their internet uh, website page, their Facebook traffic, and um, go visit them because that's where they're doing all of their great nationwide stuff. You can't go in and play games with them. You should. If you're ever in Houston, you should. But uh, you should definitely be checking them out to open a box. They give away most of the cards when they do the box openings. You can pick mm-hmm. teams and stuff like that. Uh, I'm not totally. Do you, do you watch box openings? Do you understand how that works? I don't know how that part works. Uh, I haven't. I have to see how they're how they're constructing theirs. But you know, it's always fun to watch someone open packs, even if it's not yours. It's still like ooh, exciting. So they'll just open like a whole box and open all the packs. Then basically, right? That's what an yeah. opening is. Yeah. Or, or breaking, I should say. Yeah, they they'll break up. They'll crack open the packs. Usually, someone will buy it, or or someone know. will like live auction it there on the spot. Yeah, it depends on how they want to structure it, but yeah, basically, that's awesome. That's very cool. Then yeah, you guys should definitely be checking that out. Um, also, if you're interested in advertising, because you're going to hear a lot more commercials uh, from us, from our sponsors, and our relationships uh, starting this week as we've branched out our network. I do want to make sure that we mention that we've, like I said, we've got a lot of great new sponsors as, on top of Titan Comics, False, False Idol Brewery, uh, Podcast Paranormal XL, uh, Retro Gaming just joined us, as well as Gorgeous Geek and Committed Comics. There's a lot coming in, and there's going to be even more as time goes by. Right. So make sure you're hanging out with us as the uh, empire grows. You know what I'm saying? All right. The, 
our influence slowly expands, much as the ones of I don't know. I was I don't know where he's going with this. I'm going like a Sauron reference, but like he's like not he's not slowly. He just is scary. <laughs> you know, I never really understood that. Without I don't want to get like a ten minute thing here, but like I never really understood how like no it goes from no one sees him coming to all of a sudden he has like an orc army like the next Tuesday. Like I didn't un- I didn't understand that part of it. It's because they I were on like... the ground, Corey. They were brewing. They had to make them. But, like, shouldn't someone have noticed the goblins were gone? Like, I, I guess is really more of my... Like, when everyone was like, man, it's been a really slow goblin season. Nobody thought that was weird? I just... Shame I, on everyone. You know what I, I mean? I assume not. I, it may have been, like, a positive thing. Like, oh, man, goblin season real light this year. Do you think, like, the goblin conservationists were like, guys, we really gotta take it easy. We can only kill the males. <laughs> the goblin conservationists. <laughs> You know there's somebody who's like, they help the ecosystem. Look, I watch Lilo and Stitch. I, I know who Pleakley is. <laughs> All right, we're going to jump to a break. When we come back, we're going to introduce you guys to Mike Tenner. We're going to have a great time talking to him. You're going to have a great time hearing him. Uh, we'll be right back with more Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. Geeky Gorgeous believes that geek is the new gorgeous. If you're looking for an online boutique that offers awesome fashion, jewelry, and accessories with a geeky twist, check out the shop. You can find pop culture-inspired backpacks, chic yet nerdy t-shirts, and unique jewelry that brings fashion to the fam. You can also check them out at www.geekygorgeous.com or on the Geeky Gorgeous Etsy shop. For more info, follow at I am Geeky Gorgeous on Facebook and Instagram. Hey, fellow Night Owls, it's Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanted to tell you guys about Titan Comics right at 3128 Forest Lane, Suite 250, right there in Dallas, Texas. Multiple-time winners of Dallas Observer's Best of Dallas. Clean, well-lit, family-friendly, organized. And they want to tell you guys to come visit them August 14th, 2021, on Saturday for free comic book day. And everybody's going to be hanging out and having a great time. It's going to be a big day and a big deal. Make sure you go out there to Titan Comics. What's up, Night Owls? This is Corey DLG, and just like I promised you guys, we're going to be hanging out with Mike Tenner for the next few segments here. Just talking to him. Great Kickstarter creator. Really kind of infuriates me because he's always making making really good stuff on Kickstarter and it just kind of pisses me off a little bit. (laughs) He's taking my money, $10 at a time. How you doing, Mike? I'm doing great. Feel a little guilty now, but I'm doing great. <laughs> Every time you launch another one, I always get a little bit more like, just like, oh, come on, man. Like, really? Like, I need your money, Corey. You do, and you get it so well because really your elevator pitches are like out of this world. So Black Jackets was the one where you really caught my eye and I got really into, and I basically kind of described it as if Supernatural and the Umbrella Academy were like a Netflix show again. Like that would be <laughs> kind of what Black Jackets is. You want to tell people what like what is Black Jacket? Coming of age story about these teenage kids um that are taken over for their missing parents who belonged to a fraternal organization of monster hunters. And so these kids are learning their role as black jackets and also um, forming um, really a, a family bond uh, as they're trying to unravel the mystery of what happened to their parents. So, you know, it's just as much about the monsters they fight as it is about their relationship as, as you know, friends, siblings, all of that. And so you get that nice blend of teenage angst 
and action and adventure um, along the way. And then you also, right after you did, right after the, I got in on the first issue of that one. You just released the third issue of that one. You then went and did Midnight Highway, which is this yeah. 80s Technicolor. Again, like, Black Jackets was, is black and white for the most part. and just kind of really laid back and chill. And then this one was so visually just, like, in your face. It's so different. Like, what was, what was that? Like, how, again, like, what's the elevator pitch there? How did it get to be so different? So, uh, you know, basically for anyone that's, you know, listening, Midnight Highway is just this story about um, uh, a guy uh, stranded on a supernatural road, doesn't know exactly how there. We just kind of in the story thrust you uh, into, uh, you know, this this world as the reader, just as the character. So it, it's, it's asking the same questions of like, how did we get here? But the concept is, is that he's um, trying to get back home to reality. Uh, and so he has to wander through this supernatural realm and experience all the things that the highways laid out for him along the way. So we tend to celebrate a lot of 80s horror and science fiction in the, the series. And the idea is that every issue kind of uh, brings you into a different aspect of the highway um, and uh, tends to have some sort of homage to uh, films and television series and comics even from that era jackets in terms of what uh, you know the concept because you know black jackets is a black and white story um, and then this one is just very vibrant and very colorful so th- those two definitely strike a very interesting dichotomy between the uh, between both For of them sure. when you started posting you're like hey i got another one coming up i was kind of like all right well, let's see what this is and then like from the premise it's like okay he's just obsessed with like like spooky supernatural stuff okay all right whatever but then it's so different uh it's almost like okay so Wes Craven makes horror movies right but then instead of having like a Wes Craven signature what if every time he went to pitch it it was just so wildly different and that's kind of the vibe I get because then you're doing this third book also supernaturally themed uh a blank is it hybrid moon am I wrong what's what's uh dead end moon yeah dead end dead end moon okay yeah and that one is a sexy gunslinger. Is he? I, I, did that one's still in the works? But the first Kickstarter already went off. Uh, is she? It looks like she might be a vampire, or I mean, a, a werewolf. Is that what's going on there? What's what's happening there? But she is. Uh, she is cursed. Um, she uh, uh, something that happened to her as a child that was pretty traumatic she's she's just basically she's on a, a time limit here because this curse is it's taking over and so what holds it at bay is that she's fulfilling bounties that this spirit uh gives to her uh so she has to collect bounties and appease the spirit uh to hold off the effects of the curse and so right now the only thing on her body is the cursed eye and and right now that's actually an advantage for her because this see the spirit world and then she still has her natural eye so she can just you know what we normal he, humans see so uh but you know, the, the premise of that is yeah you know she's dealing with this cursed eye and i kind of told you already about the bounty piece of it but uh she's really um she, there's an ulterior motive of all this is she's trying to find uh the man that she believes killed her father and it just so happens that this man is 
uh, very mythic, and there's a lot of legends associated with him, and he's called the Dead Man, and he's just this wandering outlaw who uh, she always seems to be a step behind him, and she's trying to gain ground and, and catch up to him, and so what you see is a lot of the weird west along the way. And so she comes across things like, you know, vampires, werewolves, all of that. But then on the other side of that is our, our commitment to this series is to really embrace a lot of the other supernatural elements that you don't typically hear about that are originating from North America. So that could be a lot of, you know, um, legends and Native American culture and, and um, uh, happened after, you know, um, uh, people from settled so we're, we're going to explore a lot of different elements of you know legendary ghost stories and uh, supernatural elements to North American culture so the vibe I get is you're uh, you're definitely like a supernatural nut is that is that pretty much <laughs> you know it's not intentional because I'm actually a but <laughs> I... so creatively engaging more in, in horror and supernatural uh, stuff yeah so um, it's always been my dream to do a cyberpunk story, but I, I've seen a lot of people uh, going after that right now. And so uh, it feels a little crowded over there. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I, I love science fiction foremost. I just haven't quite dipped my toes completely into that. Just yet. Yeah, I, I definitely think it's like it's it's I once did a whole pitch and I didn't catch it where like all the characters, it was like a teen book and all the characters were for some reason or other, sci-fi related. And when I gave it to the artist to start kind of doing sketches with, he's like, man, you're really into the sci-fi element, huh? And I was like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yeah, these are all like, uh, each of them was separately like very science fiction y. And I was like, oh, I didn't even like catch that when I, Oops. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah. I thought I was making this like well-rounded idea. And he was like, yeah, you're really on one side of it here. And I was like, oh. Um, there's seven books that I'm actively working on. Um, but <laughs> some of these—that's just way too many. Um, but um, there's there are five books that have managed to work their way in. So I'm spreading out a little bit here, um, and uh, one of them is more like a mythology kind of thing because it's like Nordic mythology. So um, I guess I kind that's... of still fall in the supernatural vein, though. Yeah, a little <laughs> bit. But like that's kind of that's making a big pushback too like man like even before american gods i feel like really mythology was kind of starting to creep back into stuff and then marvel really with like the war of asgard really kind of i feel like convinced a lot of people to be like yeah you can do a myth story right now i think there's i think there's the great thing about really the platform now is that there's room for everything so uh yeah I Definitely, I think Marvel did a good job of, um, I mean, even cinematically doing, bringing in mythology and making it, you know, I guess. Oh, cool. yeah. Thor right. Ragnarok was so simple a story, but like, that's a really complicated, like, myth. Right. It's funny that you mentioned that because that's actually the name of the uh, book that we're, we're making. We, we, it's, it's about a, a band from Asgard that gets cast out of Asgard to Midgard. Because their music sucks. Like Asgardians hate their music. <laughs> and so they don't find them worthy anymore. And so they go to Earth. <laughs> they're, they're trying to earn the respect of their fellow Asgardians again so they can be let back into Asgard. But they have to 
first and foremost by touring all nine realms and winning over the favor of all the and that's the premise this is the most that's the most bill and ted asgard crossover i've ever heard in my life i love it that's exactly what it is and there's you know like uh we we um one of the things is like we wanted to to depict as guardians as really smug snobby people <laughs> and, and use the bifrost as a dispensary for their waste like they <laughs> yes they the bifrost goes to midgard goes to throw all their waste into earth and so there's this one spot. So, like, obviously, you know, um, everybody. Please make it Cleveland. Please make it Cleveland. <laughs> uh, we haven't decided where we're going to have this thing lead out to yet. Uh, but there's like this joke that there's just staff that we have that wear raincoats all the time. And their whole thing is to organize the waste that's discarded <laughs> by the Asgardians. You've got to make it Cleveland and you've got to make them think it's some sort of weird like blessing phenomena event <laughs> yeah like another gift from asgard yeah right? the gods are the gods are truly generous and like the poop is <laughs> like making the field super fertile but it's it's asgardian poop just raining on them that's it that's exactly it you know like that was the whole idea is that you just uh you just see these people in these raincoats right and they're just covered in shit. <laughs> 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 I like I the idea. It. Oh, it's a blessing, you know, a gift from the gods. So that's hilarious. <laughs> so, yeah, they're, they're all way to the realms and everything. It's kind of like common knowledge now. So, uh, see, no. that's the kind of that's the kind of sci fi we need. That's 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 real sci fi right there. What happens but, to his guardian poop in the future? That's what we need to know. <laughs> um, well, you want to keep out that to a, beautiful, so that's right. We're going to jump out to a break. When we come back, we got a little bit more with Mike Tanner. He's hanging out with us, and so you should be hanging out with us, too. We'll be right back. Hey, Night Owls. If you're looking for something to do this week or this weekend, make sure to check out False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills. They got 20 beers on tap, three to six beers available in various packages to go, including wine, ciders, and kombucha. They're open seven days a week, opening every day at 11 a.m. and closing at 11 o'clock on Friday and Saturdays, and then open 12 to 9 on Sunday. Go hang out right there at False Idol Brewery, 7924 Maplewood Avenue, North Richland Hills. Gigi and Mama Mary here from Paranormal XL Podcast. If paranormal is your gig, then our podcast is for you. We cover haunted locations, paranormal history, Bigfoot, and sightings all the way to alien. And everything in between. We are Paranerds. We also put a splash of spiritual topics in. Hey, if you have any paranormal stories or experiences that you want to share, email us at paranormalxl at writeme.com. Find the podcast on any podcast or music app you use. Follow us on social media at paranormalxl. Hey, Night Owls, Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio wanted to tell you guys about SKG Retro Gaming, letting you relive the retro experience for two different price options, over 2,500 video games for $199 or over 7,000 video games for $299. This lets you relive your childhood video game retro experience. All right there at the pleasure of your fingertips, all in one device. Check out SKG Retro Gaming today. Welcome back, Night Owls. We're hanging out with Mike Tenner right here on uh, 6.60 a.m. on this Saturday night. 
It's uh, we're rocking all over Dallas, Fort Worth, and uh, Oklahoma City is still receiving the blessings of Asgard. Um, <laughs> so we do want to make sure everybody hangs out with us as we talk about this. But again, the the theme of this show, the idea of this show, is just doing your own thing and and, and really kind of rocking out with it. Was Black Jackets your first Kickstarter? Did I like stumble upon you right as you were getting on this journey, or what, what was? How, how long have you been doing this? Um, it's been since two thousand and I think yeah. So you by you catching me on the first Kickstarter for Black Jackets, that was really when I decided that I was going to um, take it, I guess, uh, more seriously. I, I had made comics before that. But it was more of a hobby. It was more of just a really passive thing that was be more proactive. So yeah, you're kind of catching me as I was really, you know, starting to put the pedal to the metal. That's good timing then, because like I really have noticed where you you've got a real consistency thing going. Now you did something different though with Dead End Moon, where the other ones have been nearly complete or completed-ish, kind of. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of have been operating in the same window I have where by the time I go to Kickstarter, I'm about two thirds of the way produced. And yeah. so it's about a month or so after the Kickstarter funds that I'm usually able to print and ship and all of that. Um, what was the deal with Dead and Moon that kind of drove you to instead do it this other way? Where it, it's like you're gonna you're going into production next month, if I'm right. Is that right? Yeah, it's already started. Like we've gotten um uh, nine pages completed. I, I, I'll tell you, it's really it, I, it's a learning experience for me. I think all of this stuff really is. But um, first off, I mean, it was the most funded one. Um, and then um, we had like I think the backers on that one, and where we're most of the books I've had, I'm, I'm used to like 260. So that was like a big shock. It was a big jump. So um, the other thing was is Gwen, our main artist. She's a really highly sought after artist and she desperately wanted to be a part of this book and we really wanted her because really you know it was we were probably not going to make the book if she wasn't going to be able to be involved with it because her her style was really what we wanted for this the problem with that is she's also um a weird artist that uh has commitments to other books that are even more popular than dead kickstarter so she had to fulfill her commitments to those books first um the difficulty there is that she's a first-time mother and so it was a very difficult thing for her to to balance the workload personal life and then these newfound responses could never quantify and determine how much time this really takes and so it slowed down the process because of that um so it's it's like letting her finish the other commitments first so that way she can be fully invested in dead end moon because i don't want her to do a page here and there in between these other projects because it's putting herself in the world and then taking herself right back out i'd rather her just finish up those other projects first and uh fully commit herself on dead end moon so um having said that she's wrapped up to work on the other books now and so she can actually dedicate all of her time to dead and moon now it's delivery time and i think what i learned about that was you know delaying going to kickstarter until you know for sure that um you have a good timetable to get the book completed on time first and so that's that was a learning experience for us because we believed that she would have been able to start in april 
and I uh, got pushed back by about almost five months. So that, you know, learning experience. <laughs> yeah. And you don't want to like, I always feel weird because it takes me in my head. I'm always like, okay, basically as soon as I get the check from Kickstarter, I'll almost be ready to print in my head. That's always where I'm at. And then mm-hmm. I'm usually about two weeks or so off of that when I get the check from Kickstarter and then, and then, you know, go ahead and print and ship not too, too. And so it's usually about six weeks, I think ish, but even by the end of that, I'm kind of sweating it a little bit. Like I'm like, man, am I, am I, am I about to start getting like the hate mail? Cause you never want to be one of those guys like who you hear that, like, especially with a certain group of people that we don't name where you hear about the projects that they funded, and then they don't deliver sixty thousand dollars, and no one ever saw a single thing of it. And you're like, "Who spent sixty grand? Like, where did that go?" Oh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. You do know where it went. That happens too. Like the first time on the first Kickstarter, I had to really kind of like rediscipline. I'm not a good money person, and I definitely had to keep reminding myself, like, "Uh, that's not your money. Like, that money is to finish the the book." Like. <laughs> because definitely you keep checking your bank account you're like why am i up four grand like where did that come from like (laughs) (laughs) it's it i i definitely so i i've ran three kickstarts since that event right and i haven't delivered right and i think the best thing you can do is just communicate with the backers and hey listen it's it's not that we don't it's not that we're not going to make the book Curtis really is bogged down and she's overwhelmed, you know? So it's like... Have you gotten any... You don't have to name any names unless you really want to because they're driving you crazy. Have you gotten yeah. any, like, like bad feedback so far? Like, is anybody like, you just stole my money? No, nothing like that. I think that's because I'm really good at giving everyone updates. And I too. I don't try to pad it or, you know... You, yeah, no, you you've know. been coming through with those and you, you, you kind of tell people, hey, like, she won't be back drawing this till for a couple of months. Like, you... You've said that in those because I again, you got my money again. It's like I get the updates. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Because and, and there's been there's always been a lot of conversation about these sort of things. Like, should you really run out of the Kickstarter while you're still not meeting the fulfillment of another? It, I think you know we have to look at it through a different lens. It's not that we can't produce it. It's just that we're we're held up because of an artist and their commitments. That you know if you do it in reverse think of it as if could not create another project because the book doesn't get made right so does that mean that the artists can't work on other books in the meantime do you know what i mean no for sure yeah so you kind of have to there has to be on there i think a little bit to help people understand that hey it's uh us is going directly into the the um buying of all the rewards we're, we're going to have to cover the shipping costs and the printing costs, which are very, very huge. And then we're still paying these artists to do all the work that's supposed to be done. So, yeah, I thought I found I thought I found a cheap workaround on a printer. And you know how that goes, right? Like you. Oh, you, of course. It's all like like somebody. So uh, another another group of guys that I've uh, talked to pretty regularly, they work with a local printer here in Houston. I'm not going to name any names on anybody because they get a good deal and they're happy and their books are quality. I'm not nothing against it. But when I talked to the guy, it was just so such a hassle. And then when I finally sent him the files, he was like, oh, I need to do this and this to your files. So I'm going to have to charge you $125 an hour in, like, structuring <laughs> fees. 
<laughs> and I was oh, like, wow. well, now you're just as expensive as everyone else, so don't worry about it. Like, it's cool. Yeah. <laughs> but I just, I just went, went with the same other people I've always gone with and just paid the hundreds of dollars that we pay. Like, it, well, printing I is, think, is the ridiculous I think thing. It, printing is as ridiculous cost. And shipping really is, too, honestly. Um, like shipping overseas is, is just, Oh, uh, I don't even do it. I, I refuse. Oh, they can buy man. the PDF. That's it. Yeah. Well, I, basically what I did is I, I jacked it up because what I look at the current costs and then I'm honest with myself and ask, Hey, in three, four months, what do you right. think? What are the odds cost? it's cheaper? It's going to probably, <laughs> yeah. What are the odds that it's cheaper? It's probably going to go up. And so I kind of upcharge on that a little bit, and then I let the inter- I let the backers decide. Like if they feel like that's a conducive cost for them, then they back it. If they don't, digital. No, I, I, don't, even, I don't even want to they mess with it. it. Yep, I, got I don't it. even want to. Well, and, and here's the other part too. Have you have you had this? Um, the post office is pretty inconsistent on what you're allowed to mail comic books as. Mail versus flat boxes. So if I go to one county, I live like right between two counties. If I go to one, they'll accept it as media mail. uh, And every one of them will come with a tracking number and a bit of a discount on tracking, blah, blah, blah. But it's still about 60 cents more than regular mail. Uh, If I go to the other county, they'll accept it as regular mail because even with the boards, it'll still run through the machine and it doesn't hurt it. The, the guy seems to think every time he's like, yeah, this will run through. No problem. And like he waves them around and he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah you'll be good. You'll be good. Um, but he, I was like, are you sure? Because at the other place, they tell me it's media mail. And he says, oh, uh, it can't be media mail if there's advertising in it. Are there ads in it? And I don't want to tell him yes or no, because it's like I don't want him to search them. Any, like, yeah. And so, I'm like, you know what I mean? Like, don't tear my packages open, guy. Like, they're sealed <laughs> up. What are you going to do? And so I just. Yeah, it's such a weird thing that they don't know if it's allowed or not. Yeah, I, I think that um, I, I have I don't ship a media mail anymore, and I don't use the flat mailers that I was using before. I use it now, so they're they're a little bit more thick and and they have better protection. Um, and but at that I, yeah, point you're paying like what, like three bucks to, to ship? Three or four dollars a piece. What a charge um, for the uh, shipping fees uh, for uh, physical books, you know, three to four dollars. And and really, honestly, at like what your what the, the, the money that you end up getting through Kickstarter usually kind of gives you a little bit of a cushion to cover unforeseen shipping costs. So there is um, that's that's kind of been uh, kind of a way. To, you're not charging enough and you end up paying a little bit more. Well, you know, your, your book probably retails for $5, but you know, when you're offering it, usually um, set it at yeah. $10. So yeah, kinda, it's 10 bucks bottom line. Yeah. Right? Like, yeah. Most, most times that's what it is. And, and some of that goes towards the production cost of the book, right? Like at, 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 we know that Kickstarter is somewhat of a pre-ordering system, but it's also um, you're, you're, you're donating to, help assist with the cost of making the book and that's kind of how yeah, dead end was. A, a kickstarter is is basically a way to make sure the projects you want to see get made get made is kind of how i evaluate it it's absolutely what it is crowdfunded right it won't happen if we don't get the money that we need so right. you and that's dead end moon was kind of an example of that because dead end moon was the most expensive book 
that we um, had worked on because we really wanted Gwen, and Gwen was, you know, probably the most expensive ours. And so you built her her rates into the production costs, right? Oh, absolutely. I mean, like, it it was not going to get made unless we got one that because it was just not going to be conducive right so right. And, and a supernatural western even as a genre you know it's a pretty niche thing so we needed to know that there was a demand for it because if there wasn't then you know we'd be making a book that we wouldn't be able to sell so we had to make sure that there was a response to that so we got one and i, I know that her art was a huge contributor to that and um you know i, I think because of that that kind of um, gave us the foundation to, you know, have outside the country out. Got a really good response from the the amount of money that we got on there, and that made it a little bit easier to stomach the international shipping and everything because um, we knew that uh, some of the the interest was you know outside the state, uh, especially with that right. genre, I guess. So, hmm. yeah. It kind of worked in our favor because we did international that time. So as we get out of here, I'm going to get you out of here on this question here. Um, what is your kind of word of wisdom? Somebody sitting on the fence. They've got their idea. They've got the buddy who wants to draw it. Um, they think Kickstarter is the way to go. What's what's What does the wise Mike Tenner have to tell them about <laughs> making a comic book on Kickstarter? Oh, wow. Um so in terms of on Kickstarter, I think you should definitely hook up with some other people that have already Kickstarter and make sure that you share them and ask for feedback before you launch. Um, and before you decide to go to Kickstarter to you know solicit funding and support, Make sure that you're doing enough beforehand to build a network of people that will support and share and get your project out there from other people that don't know who you are. Because, I mean, you can launch a project on Kickstarter and you're just going to be shouting into the void if you don't have anybody that can, you know, help support you and um, mentor you along the way. Um, you, You might be launching a project and you're you're thinking that probably you know a thousand people are going to look at your project every day on kickstarter that's not how that happens it's mostly people uh being uh on on facebook they see the post or you know twitter or you know social media channels so if you don't have a good network uh their creators or friends that are going to spread the word for you then your outreach is very narrow and clearly that you may not fund if you don't uh, do those things first. So there's a there's a lot of groundwork and prep work before you even consider building your page and going to Kickstarter. That's a good way to put it. I think about just off the top of my head from my metrics that I remember, I think about 30, 20 to 30% was generated by the Kickstarter page. And you'll see these metrics as you go. And then the rest is generated from link traffic and from social media posts and things of that nature. Um, that's, is that true for you? Do you feel like do you, do you kind of recall your metrics on stuff like that? Like, cause yeah, cause both of our projects have sat on the front of Kickstarter for a second. Like how it, do you, do you remember that? So like, uh, what being like a featured or being like a just, featured, 
yeah, or like when they were doing like when mine was brand brand new that first day, I was on the front of the comic page that first day. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um, there's certainly some. Um, I guess. For, I guess I would just. But basically, the day you launch, if you get a really big boost, that definitely. Kickstarter's attention into featuring your product um, on a main page. It's tough. Uh, yeah, those Kickstarters we love, or whatever they say. Right, project we love. I get, I get almost every time, but it's I don't see a lot of return from. You you'll get like a few backers that will search projects we love, but those of projects we love. So it's like. Like they give it to everybody. I mean, they really do. It's it's nice of them. It's like a participation trophy in a lot of ways because they give it to so many projects that it's not quite as impactful because you're scrolling through pages and pages and pages of those projects. Nobody's doing that, right? So um, you're right. They're they're really no one to really go through that many. So it's just a matter of. The, what the algorithm does and it suggests to you things that you'd like based off of what you've already backed so that's a very very slim chance that you're actually generating a lot of support from kickstarter's side it really is those social media channels and hoping that you know you strike a chord with enough people that like your projects so much that they'll share it with their friends and their audience and things of that nature so um that that part that does come from um, uh, Instagram and Facebook, which are the primary uh, social media. That one going to dabble in Twitter. Um, I just uh, uh, I hate Twitter. Don't even, don't even do it, <laughs> dude. It's... I hate it too. But but there's uh, a really good network of uh, people over there just using Twitter that have abstained themselves from Facebook. They are off Facebook, so. Um, are you talking about David Papoose? Is that who you're talking about? No, no. I, I mean, there's just there's just so many, man. I mean, like, uh, I, there's just people that I've met strictly from Twitter that don't have a Facebook account, don't have an Instagram account. That's that tells you that you really do have to just get get your hands uh, social media channel available uh, and and pull all the levers in order to really make as many contacts as you can. Because uh, we did that with me, and it's, it seems to have helped because I'm seeing uh, irregular traffic patterns with Midnight Highlight in that past book was really high, uh, uh, really high. the the through traffic that we had, and down because we're having more channels of traffic. So Facebook does not take up the same level there on uh in terms of traffic and and it's because we have expanded our outreach to these other social media channels we probably wouldn't have been so successful on this campaign had we not tried new pathways you know we did a lot more casts we did um you know a, a lot more write-ups in uh, a lot of uh, we use twitter so i think all of that stuff definitely played a part in, in helping us expand our outreach well, there you go. All right, that's that's the advanced course right there for Kickstarter 101. Uh, all right, Mike, I want to thank you for coming by and hanging out with us on this late, late Saturday night. Uh, as always, Night Owls, check out Mike Tenner. He's gonna every time he has product ups, I always say something because 
he's already got my money, and I usually that means I want at least the book to come out. So I do my part at least. Is all I'm saying. I do my part. <laughs> um, thanks for coming out, Mike. Have a good one, and uh, we're gonna jump out to a break, and we will be right back. Geeky Gorgeous believes that geek is the new gorgeous. If you're looking for an online boutique that offers awesome fashion, jewelry, and accessories with a geeky twist, check out the shop. Geeky Gorgeous will be at the Eastern Rim Funny Book and Vintage Con, a free event at Lee College in Baytown, Texas, on September 11th and 12th. You can also check them out at www.geekygorgeous.com. For more info, follow at I am Geeky Gorgeous on Facebook and Instagram. What's up, Night Owls? Corey DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Just wanted to remind you guys about Titan Comics doing their August 14th free comic book day. This year, free comic book day is sponsored by Coca-Cola. And at Titan Comics right there on 3128 Forest Lane, Suite 250, August 14th, free comic book day returns. This is the 20th year of free comic book day. And everybody's going to be hanging out and having a great time. It's going to be a big day and a big deal. Make sure you go out there to Titan Comics. Hey, Night Owls. Core DLG of Nerd Thug Radio. Wanting to remind you guys about False Idol Brewery right there at 7924 Maplewood Avenue in North Richland Hills. Dallas is a brewery that focuses on creativity, consistency, and quality. They've got events going on all week. They've got Fill the Fridge Mondays with 15% off to go and $4 off of flights until 3 p.m., Thursday night trivia and Friday night special beer releases. Make sure to get out to False Idol Brewery in North Richland Hills today. Uh, that was the awesome interview we did with Mike Tenner. As you noticed, we went long there. We just we were having a lot of fun. He and I were talking, and I just didn't want to interrupt him because I really I thought he was giving value to you guys, and I wanted to make sure that you guys got to enjoy and also hopefully learn a little bit. That's what we've been doing here with uh, Uplate is helping you guys break the wheel. If you want to get into comic books, I think kickstarting is one of the best ways to do it. Uh, and I hope today had a lot of value for you guys in, in hearing that and understanding that there's like an opportunity there for everybody. Yeah. I mean, your own, your own story. I, I hounded you about Kickstarter for years until you finally did it. <laughs> you, you did and you were right. But I always like, so I always had this thing in my head that I really hated about it that I felt like felt like I was borrowing money from everybody. But what really kind of changed my mind is really the fact that if you order anything big at a shop, they'll basically make you pre-order it. You'll pay at least for part of it before they order it. Yeah, um, they don't they don't want to they don't want to be stuck holding the bag. And so I really started to kind of wrap my head around the idea that like it's just good business to make sure that there's a market for the product. Yeah. Um and it wanna, also you don't want to sell something that no one wants. And the thing that I have been doing is I've been keeping my, my print runs really tight to like my numbers that I'm asking for is always really low because I want to do just a tight print run just to get the rewards out. And what I think I'm going to start doing is raising that cost up so that I can print extra to have more to go to conventions with and to do more with. I'm really kind of learning the value of having that overstock. Um, you know, we basically, I, I'm basically sold out of my first printings of everything at this point. I've got like, yeah, you have like five copies of each left that are like yeah, two. Yeah, it's not, it's not much. And so, I mean, it's a cool feeling to sell out of everything. That's really a cool feeling because at one point when I ordered it, I had 200 in front of me and thought, oh, my God, what am I going to do with all this? Um, but at this point, now I see the value of, you know, we're going to be going – we're going to be in Dallas next weekend, and I want to – we're going to start hammering that. You're going to see us all over social media for the next basically 10 days. We're going to be out there – or for the next week – 
we're going to be out there in Dallas next week uh, doing a, a school drive, you know, uh, and, and it'd be great. And it's going to be great to have copies of another day at the office there because Titan Comics bought some from me in the beginning. Um, and so that'll be great that we have that there to do. Make sure to come see us at Titan Comics, by the way. Back to school drive. We're going to help the kids get the supplies they need to go back to school because school's starting again, unfortunately. I can't stop that for you guys. You're on your own there. Um, I wish it were summer forever, but it's just not. You wish it was summer forever, and then and then you realize how boring it gets as a kid. Like, me Does being it? an adult. Yeah, like, me being older now and, like, being able to have a car and go places. Like, man, I would have been so bored as a kid. <laughs> But Nico, you a you hated driving up until recently. But yeah, you. No, I, I mean, but it. you did. You hated driving. You had zero interest, really, except for going to the movies or, or playing games with your buddies. So, like, and most of your games were video games. So you were at people's houses ninety percent of the time when you were a kid, and you loved it. I think what changes is your perception of what you would do with the time. That's fair. That's fair. Because you. You were like you were up till five in the morning every day playing video games with, with little Ray and all that, living the dream. And sleeping till like three p.m. Oh yeah, like like the gentle hobo you are. Like you start somewhere, right? Started from <laughs> started from sleeping till five a.m. till sleeping till three p.m. <laughs> oh man. Well, this wraps up another edition of um, Up Late with Nerd Thug Radio. I really, really hope you guys enjoyed that interview with Mike Tanner. He's an awesome guy. I hope everyone checks him out. I want to thank everybody for listening, and I want to make sure we thank everybody. Uh, once again, if you're looking into a box break or you want to kind of do anything like that, make sure to check out The Adventure Begins, comics, games, and more. If you're into comic books, if you want to get into anything, if you're, if you're looking for a way in, Kickstarter is probably a good way to do it. But like Mike was saying, you want to build that social network. You want to talk to people. You want to find mentors. You want to find people who are doing things you want to do and kind of learn from them. There's no shame in learning and stealing in that way. Like stealing habits is a good thing. That's for sure. As long as they're good habits. Um, But again, shout out to Titan Comics, False Idol Brewing, Paranormal XL, SKG Retro Gaming, which is the coolest thing. We're going to be posting some videos of this. You got to check it out, man. It's totally worth the money. Uh, Gorgeous Geeks. And Committed Comics, we're doing a lot of cool things with everybody here. We're having a great time. Uh, it's geek gorgeous. I've got I've got it wrong in my notes. I need a geeky gorgeous. Get your life right. Oh, man. I live a rough life. In the meantime, thanks for listening, everybody. We will be back next week. Make sure to check out all the different podcasts we've got dropping. This podcast will drop Sunday afternoon. And as always, the regular show, the podcast drops at uh, 2.01 p.m., right, Nico? 6.01 p.m. 6.01 p.m. Look at that. You got a, you called an audible on me. I like it. No, it's um, only three. I'm, I'm joking. <laughs> that was our old release time. I, I can't talk to you anymore. That's it. That's <laughs> it. All right. Uh, we're jumping out of here. Thank you, everybody, for listening. Y'all have a great day. Uh, please check out some more Nerd Thug Radio. Until then, we'll check you out next week. Holla.